0: get to be here. Amen. Okay. <laughs> Got people talking, walking around. No worries. Hello. Good morning. Glad to see you. Glad that you are here in the Lord's house. If you're watching, hello. Glad that you are here. I know that there are some, uh, some people who are not feeling well, but uh, we are glad that you are can watch if you are watching. So again, hello. And um, so the month of January, we need Warm items. Finally, it's warm. So, uh, finally warm. Finally, it's cold. So, feels a little more like January. We need some. Uh, we need some warm items: hats, scarves, gloves for our shoe boxes. So that's the item for the month of January. If you have not yet, we st- where is that shoe box? We s- there's a shoe box at the house that we haven't that we haven't brought because there are two. Somebody got shoes for Christmas. I mean, I did too, but I, I'm not giving y'all any of my shoe boxes because I keep them. Uh, so bring your shoe boxes if you can't bring any uh, items and bring some money if you don't have any shoe boxes. We really do appreciate all that you are doing. Uh, we, we do thank you. Also, we are, we want to say hello. There was a, we ha- do we have it available? Um someone wanted to say hello if you're watching hi. okay well, oh there we go yes this is Lakin Ray and she was seven pounds and three ounces and was born on the 30th and is already grinning like that so that's great so Sister Wiseman says hello and um, I guess she misses us. I don't know we miss you I don't, y'all. You may not miss us at all with with that going on. So, anyway, we just wanted to. Uh, she wanted to say hello to us, and so, hi, hi. Um, and also, uh, in a in a few weeks, we have another first Sunday meal. the The first Sunday of February. Um, when talking about some different things just discussing even today some different things that might be going on so um, we'll let you know maybe by next week if we're doing some new stuff. so yeah, exciting. Any uh, any other announcements we will definitely let you know. We are again we're, we're glad that you're here. Um, I was <laughs> I was talking to someone just um, just the other day and saying to that person, um, um. you know I'm sorry that this you know that, that the condition that you found such and such in I'm sorry because of this reason and this reason and this reason I'm really sorry and um, person it's, said it's okay and I was talking to someone just yesterday who the same type of thing they they were telling me what they were doing and they said that they were folding clothes at that time and and they said, yeah, I really need to take down all my Christmas stuff. But, uh, but I have had this going on and this going on, and I just don't know if I can. or don't. And I thought, you know, I, I had just done the same thing. And I thought, how often we, we try to defend ourselves. But I hope that we can live without judging others. I hope that we can begin to live with the idea of, you know what? As long as you're not sinning, I think you're trying to do your best. So, so maybe this year, if you haven't yet come up with a resolution or a word, then try to be defenseless, because that's a that is a practice that we can work on. That, honestly, if I'm doing my best, I don't need to defend myself. If I'm living the way that I should and I'm I'm serving the Lord like I ought to, everything else. You know what? My house may look a mess, and I may not cook every night, or whatever it may be, but, but we can all give each other grace. Amen? Let's stand this morning and go to the Lord in prayer. Ask Him to have His will in the service. Heavenly Father, we thank You for this day. We thank you for your goodness to us. We thank you for your mercy and your blessings. We do thank you, God, for your grace because each and every day you give to us what we do not deserve and we thank you for your mercies that are new every morning, that you withhold from us what we do deserve. God, I thank you and I praise you that you work and move in our lives in ways that we cannot see, that when we don't see it, you're working. Even when we don't feel it, you're working. God, we thank you and we praise you for all your goodness. God, I thank you for each and every person who is here today. Lord, I just thank you that that there is a purpose and a plan for each life. I thank you and I praise you that you see and you know what we're going through. But God, you work things out for our good. God, I just ask you that you would have your will with those who are are virtual today. God, for whatever reason, if it's sickness, if it's uh, traveling, God, whatever the reason is, I just ask that your anointing and your strength be with them, that they would feel your power and your presence as we worship, as we give as we pray as we hear your word today i just ask that everything that is said and done would honor and please you from the very first prayer to the very last prayer that we would lift you up glorify you bless your holy name we thank you we praise you in jesus name amen thank you lord
1: Nothing you want you love
0: you this morning.
1: Try. same god who's never late is working all things out you're working all things out yes i will lift you high in the lowest valley yes i will bless your name yes i will sing for joy though my won't fail me now in the way the same god who's never late is working all things out you're working all things of all names, nothing can stand against, and I choose to praise, to glorify, glorify the name of all names. i will thank you jesus thank you jesus I raise a hallelujah in the presence of my enemies i raise a hallelujah than the unbelief i raise a hallelujah my weapon is a melody i raise a hallelujah heaven comes to fight for me me sing a little louder in the prayer
0: Hallelujah today, thank you, Lord.
2: Hallelujah. A word that says something about make a joyful noise. Did the church hear me? Make a joyful noise hallelujah praise God he didn't say what the noise had to be but louder and louder oh has anybody heard the phrase over the years that the squeaking wheel gets the grease I want to tell you God will bless those that praise and worship him hallelujah and give him glory If (laughs) you'll, hallelujah, I'm glad to be in the Lord's house today. This is a testimony time that we've set aside in the service, that we would give a testimony. And there's no way that I could brag enough on the Lord Jesus Christ. Um, But I, I do want to say thank you, Lord, for your help. Thank you, Lord, for your strength. Thank you, Lord, for seeing me through day by day, thank you, Lord, for bringing the answer on time. Thank you, Lord, for your healing that we sing about here. Thank you, Lord, for the Word of God that guides and teaches and gives us instruction day by day. What a wonderful Lord we serve! So much so, David said that I will bless the Lord at all times, all the time. There will be a praise in my mouth continually. It'll be there. Brother Vic, it's all right to praise the Lord over and over again and again. I tell occasionally, and I will again this morning, about my dad. 51 years he didn't know Jesus Christ. 51 years, a great person, great individual, did good did nobody harm, he loved his family, and but at 51 years old, he went to an altar, and he said, Lord, I'm sorry for my sin, for except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of heaven, and my dad gave his heart to the Lord, and what I noticed about dad after was he constantly... Would be saying, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. You think I praise the Lord a lot? My dad constantly praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. And it's all right to praise the Lord. It's all right. And if you've been tested and you've come through, you've got a money. That's a test. Amoni, I've been, all oh, the devil may as drug you here and there, but thank God, God gave you the victory, and you were able to stand up and revive, sort of like those dead bones. Whew. God still does it today, don't He? Somebody brag on Jesus this morning. Praise God. Yes. Ha. Huh. Thank you for life. Bless the Lord. Amen. Thanks God. Oh, bless the Lord. Oh, God. Bless the Lord, my God. Ha, <laughs> ha,
3: you Lord.
2: Oh, bless the Lord. (laughs) Ha ha ha. Thank you, Lord. We bless you, Lord. Praise God. Yes. Yes, thank you, Lord. All right, next will be a testimony. Wow. Glory. Glory. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Yeah. Hallelujah. Very good. Amen, amen, amen. Oh, I tell you, Gretchen, I'm going to need you to help me jump over to the church. I'll tell you, I'm feeling good in my sanctified soul <laughs> hallelujah praise god and i hope that those of you that are watching that you're feeling the same spirit that we feel whoo in it in the good sister name <laughs> praise god hallelujah continue your worship as brother mike comes to greet you now praise god hallelujah Good morning and welcome to the Cornelius Church of God. It's glad to see every one of you. Thank you for every card, every text, every prayer. Thank you. I think we're back on the right track. feels like it anyway. It feels better than it did for the last 10 days, and so I'm very thankful for it. It's been rough, but through it all, God's been with us, and I'm thankful that he has. It's time to receive our tithing offering, if our earth shall come at this time. To the joiner, will you say the blessing, please? Yes, Father, we love you for your goodness and mercy. We love you for this day. We love you, Lord, for salvation that we have for Jesus Christ. We love you, Lord, for an opportunity now for to give and to worship in our giving. And God, we give of our cheerfulness today because we love you. And Father, we thank you for this day those that are chosen to be here, your blessings please upon every individual, even those that watch this program today. Father, may all be touched by the hand of God. Now we ask you to accept our love gifts as we give unto you, and bless the tithe and our offering according as your will is, and we ask these favors in Jesus' name thank you run the
4: Time to receive prayer requests this morning. This is Robin. Or like, so, so we want to pray for, her. for the old Robin's daughter-in-law. Yeah. Let's pray for her she gets it feeling better. Gretchen. Want to pray for Pop Pop? Hope he gets to feeling better. Yeah. Sister Hager. Yes. Definitely want to pray for. Definitely want to pray for the Hager's boys, Ken, Diane, and Sister Hager uh, Keller. Yeah. Pray for them and Dina brother mike Definitely pray for brother Mike's family.
3: Sister.
4: Pray for claude and his stepson and Pray for Ken, uh, Kim, sorry. Definitely want to pray for her, Jennifer. that family and that lady's son and pray for Rhonda and her brother they get to film there if that's it any unspoken requests raise hands stand with me as we take these
3: Oh! To God. shout unto God with a voice of triumph, hey yeah, shout with a voice of praise. Everybody, everybody, say shout.
0: time hope you are too (laughs) amen Uh, we are glad that you are here if you're watching hello again glad that you are hope that you uh, had some time to you know run get some coffee or whatever you needed to do and uh, that you are back with us so we are continuing to talk about do what All right. Yeah, you don't say. Yeah, you go. So we are continuing to talk about using our words, and I hope that you are remembering and rehearsing. If you if you were not here, well, last week Dr. Tatum preached was great, and if you didn't get to hear him, then go back and, and look on our uh, on our live stream. i uh, excuse me. Our I can't even think of the word. Yes, the website. But what is the other word? The archives. Is the word I'm looking for. Uh, also, on our website, uh, we we have some resources. If you're fasting this for th- for the first three weeks of this month, then we have some resources for you, some um, some messages and some uh, devotions that are that are really good. So, if you are wanting to participate in that, then uh, then please look on our website and get those. Um, but I hope that you, from a couple weeks ago, that you are. Remembering to rehearse the words that Paul was inspired to write about every Christian. And those words, I hope you wrote them down. I hope you've been saying them to yourself. Number one, I am a child of God. Number two, I am known and chosen. Number three, God is for me. Number four, I am deeply and unconditionally loved. And number five, I am more than a conqueror. So, I believe that before we're able to help and encourage others, we often must encourage ourselves. What must I be before I can do? Because oftentimes we we focus on the doing But we are not human doings. We are human beings. So if I am not being who God wants me to be. Then it's going to be more difficult for me to do what God wants me to do. Oftentimes when we are discouraged and it's difficult. And we're having a a hard time. And we just want to quit. Perhaps it is because we are doing and not being we last last year at the beginning of the year especially and when we were ta- when when covid hit and we uh, were virtual we talked about being the church that we were not able to do church like normal and be in but we were being the church so it's very important to be before you can do our self-talk affects our willingness to proceed in the plan that god has for us somehow we have mistaken confidence and identity with arrogance and pride often people say oh i don't No, i can't oh no i can't do that no 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 because they don't want to be prideful or they don't want to seem too you know too confident in themselves but if we know who we are in christ and we know that he has made us for a purpose, then it's okay to be confident. It's okay that, you know what, that's what I do. It's okay. I I know how to do that. And that's all right. Knowing who you are and how you're gifted is imperative to effectiveness and satisfaction in our ministry and in our lives. The person that we're going to look at today initially had some difficulty accepting who he had been made to be. And I hope that as we're taking a look, um, that we'll understand, you you don't say, hmm, you don't say, Jeremiah chapter 1, here we learn a little of the background of Jeremiah in verses 1 through 3, taking a look, Jeremiah chapter 1 verses 1 through 3. The words of Jeremiah, the son of Hilkiah, of the priests that were in Anathoth, in the land of Benjamin, to whom the word of the Lord came in the days of Josiah, the son of Ammon, king of Judah, in the thirteenth year of his reign. It came also in the days of Jehoiakim, the son of Josiah, king of Judah, unto the end of the eleventh year of Zedekiah, the son of Josiah, king of Judah, unto the carrying away of Jerusalem captive in the fifth month. So, Jeremiah, the name means Jehovah has appointed or raised up. So, without knowing it, without realizing it, or perhaps because the Lord inspired his parents to name him such, he was given this name that gave the indication that he was going to be appointed to something great. It tells us that he was the son of Hilkiah of the priests in Anathoth of Benjamin. At the same time of Jeremiah's calling, there was a high priest who was named Hilkiah. The priest Hilkiah, high priest, was the one who found the book of the law hidden in the temple. He was the one who went to Huldah, who was the the prophetess who was the wife of Shalom and we know that Jeremiah's uncle is named Shalom. Now there are arguments for the idea and against the idea that Jeremiah's father was the high priest but either way because some people say if, it was the, if he was the high priest, he wouldn't have been living in Anathoth. He would have been living in Jerusalem. So again, there, there are some ideas for and against it. But either way, the lineage of Jeremiah was that of priesthood. Which means that Jeremiah was raised in and around the temple. He knew the law. He had heard the songs. He had heard the preaching. His whole life he had been in church. And then the Lord began to speak to him. This occurred during the reign of Josiah, who was one of the most godly kings in all of Judah. Josiah had made radical religious reforms. Again, during his reign, it was that the the copy of the law was found hidden in the temple. There was peace and prosperity during his reign. He began reigning from the time that he was eight years old, and he had a very successful reign. But then it tells us that the Lord also spoke to Jeremiah during the reign of Jehoiakim. This would have been at least 20 years after the first word was given. So he was called, and he preached, and he preached, and he preached, and then the Lord spoke to him again 20 years later. And it was at this time that Israel, excuse me, Judah was not doing very well. Jehoiakim was an evil king who greatly opposed the message of Jeremiah. During this time, the land was invaded by the Babylonians. And we see in verses 4 through 8, the call of Jeremiah. It says, Then the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. And before thou camest forth out of the womb, I sanctified thee, and ordained thee a prophet unto the nations. Then said I, Ah, Lord God, behold, I cannot speak, for I am a child. But the Lord said unto me, Say not, I am a child, for thou shalt go to all that I send thee, and whatsoever I command thee, thou shalt speak. Be not afraid of their faces, for I am with thee, to deliver thee, saith the Lord. So God's first word to Jeremiah was this I knew you Before I formed you So we here see that Yahweh had a direct hand In the formation Of the life of Jeremiah So God said I knew you I sanctified you Before he was born He had already been sanctified And this word in the Hebrew means Prepared Dedicated Or separated And he said, I ordained you. I set you up as a prophet to all the nations. So before your mom or dad even knew that you existed, I began working in your life. Before you had any thought, before you had any form, you were without form and void. And the word was spoken over your life. And then how did Jeremiah respond? Well, of course, he said, well, thanks, Lord. I believe you, and yes, I'll do what you say. <clears throat> Not really. Nah. He argued back with the Lord. And he said, oh, Lord God. And the, the names he uses here... Sovereign Yahweh These are the words that he chooses to use. He could have used any other names for God, but he chooses those. Oh, Sovereign Yahweh. Jeremiah acknowledged that the one who had called him was the covenant God, Yahweh, who knows all things, Sovereign. And yet, he argues with him. Oh, covenant God who is everything that I need who has everything that I need who knows all things I can't do this oh Lord who is great and mighty and who just told me that he knew me before I was born and before I was formed I can't do this I cannot speak because I'm a child and the Lord responds to him don't say you, you don't get to say you don't say I'm a child notice that Yahweh did not reassure Jeremiah that he was not too young he did not say you're right Jeremiah you are a young man but that's okay he said don't, don't say that you don't, you don't say that I tell you you're going to do something You don't say, no, I can't because of this. Notice as well that Yahweh did not immediately make Jeremiah older or wait. He said, don't say that you're too young. He said, don't use your youth as an excuse. He said, you're going to go wherever I send you, and you're going to say whatever words I put in your mouth. Just don't be afraid. He said, because I will be with you. And this word with means nearness. I will be near to you to deliver, meaning snatch away or defend. I will be with you to deliver you even though you're young. Verses 9 through 12 say, Then the Lord put forth His hand and touched my mouth. And the Lord said unto me, Behold, I have put my words in thy mouth. See, I have this day set thee over the nations and over the kingdoms to root out and to pull down and to destroy and to throw down and to build and to plant. Moreover, the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Jeremiah, what seest thou? And I said, I see a rod of an almond tree. Then said the Lord unto me, Thou hast well seen, for I will hasten my word to perform it. Yahweh further confirmed Jeremiah's calling by touching his mouth, symbolically indicating that he would have the words to say when the time came. We see this type of thing happening with the prophet Isaiah, the, the cherubim flew and touched his mouth and cleansed him. But in this case, Yahweh is the one who touches his mouth and says, I will put my words into your mouth. He was given the tasks of judgment and hope. He said, you are going to pluck up nations by the roots. You are going to tear down strongholds in people's minds. You are going to destroy the sinful ideas that the people are having. You are going to overthrow the lies of the enemy, but then you are also going to build up to establish or cause to continue. You are going to plant and fix hope in the hearts of the people. Again, without delay, without accepting the excuse of Jeremiah. The Lord says, what do you see, Jeremiah? So immediately after his calling, he begins to speak. What do you see? And Jeremiah said, I see the rod of an almond tree. Now to us, we, we understand the, the almond bud that, uh, that Aaron had. The, the rod that he had was an almond rod and it, it budded, and that went into the Ark of the Covenant. So we see a little bit of the idea of an almond tree, but without being a farmer, without planting almond groves, you may not know that the almond tree was known as the wakeful tree, like awake, wakeful. It was known by this name. The, the word in Hebrew means wakeful. The almond tree grows before any others. The branches of this tree bud in January and bear fruit in March. Before any other of the trees are even budding, this tree begins to bring forth fruit. The interpretation of this vision is that the Lord will hasten. And the word hasten literally means keep watch over, be alert, or sleepless until his word is complete. The Lord said to Jeremiah, what do you see? I see a wakeful tree. He said, you have seen well because I am going to stay awake for this. I'm going to stay awake. I'm going to watch over my word concerning you. I'm going to watch over my word concerning the people that you're speaking to to make sure that what I have said comes to pass. I will not slumber. I will not sleep until it is done. And then in verses 13 through 19 it says, And the word of the Lord came unto me a second time, saying, What seest thou? And I said, I see a seething pot, and the face thereof is toward the north. Then the Lord said unto me, Out of the north an evil shall break forth upon all the inhabitants of the land. For lo, I will call all the families of the kingdoms of the north, saith the Lord, and they shall come, and they shall set every one his throne at the entering of the gates of Jerusalem, and against all the walls thereof round about, and against all the cities of Judah. And I will utter my judgments against them, touching all their wickedness, who have forsaken me. And have burned incense unto other gods, and worshipped the works of their own hands. Thou, therefore, gird up thy loins, and arise, and speak unto all that I command thee. Be not dismayed at their faces, lest I confound thee before them. For, behold, I have made thee this day a defensed city, and an iron pillar, and brazen walls against the whole land, against the kings of Judah against the princes thereof against the priests thereof and against the people of the land and they shall fight against thee but they shall not prevail against thee for I am with thee saith the Lord to deliver thee so he asks him again what do you see and he says I see a seething pot from the north meaning that judgment would come upon unfaithful Judah in the form of a northern invasion. The Babylonians would soon be at their gates. Therefore, Jeremiah was to gird his loins, prepare himself for a task. Because in that time period, they would have worn long robes. And if you had to hurry, you'd get tripped up by those robes. So they would have to kind of pull them up from the the front and the back, tie them together to make them look like pants, and they could run or they could accomplish their work this way. So the Lord was saying, you don't have any time to waste. Gird up your loins. Prepare yourself to speak to these people, lest the Lord confound, and this means dismay or breakdown, and lest the Lord confound you, Jeremiah, in front of them. Them being his countrymen, not the enemy nations. The Lord said, If if you don't get prepared, then I'm gonna make you look foolish in front of those that you're trying to talk to, that you're trying to tell to repent. So get that together. Don't don't start making excuses. You don't say, I can't. Gird your loins. It's time. He says, I have made thee this day a defender, a wall of protection, a man of steel. He says, Jeremiah, they will fight you, but they will not win. The Lord warns them, you're going to have trouble. But they won't overtake you. I'll be with you. So it is time to end our negative self-talk. It's time, because you don't say, <laughs> you don't say, I, I can't do this. If the Lord is speaking to you, you can do this. Please understand that I am an advocate for self-awareness, okay? I, I am a self-aware individual. I, I feel as though. And I want everyone else to be as well, okay? If you are not truly good at something, then the Lord is not calling you to that, okay? If you can't carry an attune in the bucket, then don't, don't, don't try to, don't carry it, put the bucket down. Yes, the Lord wants a joyful noise out there in the congregation, okay? So, <laughs> not saying, you know, if you can't play an instrument, if if you are tone deaf, uh, you know, hey, if you're not, then you need to be up here playing and singing and all that. But but um, if if you can't keep time, don't play the drums. <laughs> Amen. If you're not able to do these different things, the Lord's not calling you to them, okay? It's not like he's going to zap you with, with extraordinary abilities that have nothing to do with what you've been doing, okay? If, if you are... <laughs> some of us are called to children's ministry. Some of us aren't. Okay, you know, if you if you can't stand kids, that's the, the thing is, be self-aware. Okay, that's important. But often we do not have an understanding of how who we are can be used by God, because who you are is unique. And fearfully and wonderfully made. And so often we look at someone and we say, Oh, well, I don't like to get up in front of people. That's okay. God didn't call you to that, maybe. It's all right. Sometimes we say, Oh, well, I'm not good at this, or I'm not good at that. I was talking to someone just a couple of days ago who was was mentioning that, that the number one fear of most people when when people are polled their number one fear is public speaking number two is death so some people would rather die than get up and talk in front of people if you feel that way then maybe teaching preaching is not what the lord is calling you to okay and that's all right because there are some of us I, i'm tell I, I love to get up in front and, and talk and well y'all know me but but I really enjoy that I do and I, I believe that the Lord has geared me that way has made me that way for a purpose so but again there there are some people that they're really really good at at meeting new folks and and talking to them and getting them excited about y'all may not believe this but that makes me a little like oh, I don't don't really know what to say to new people like, feel kind of weird kind of awkward again y'all may not think that of me because i'm talk all the time but uh, but but that's not so perhaps that type of ministry is not my type of ministry and that's okay because the lord has made each of us members of the same body who do not all have to be an ear who do not all have to be an eye who do not all have to be a foot but we all have to be something so Jeremiah had been raised in church. His father, obviously his grandfather, his uncles, his cousins would have been workers in the church. They would have been priests. They would have been those who who daily came in and and uh, exchange the incense, they would have been the ones who were baking the show bread, they would have been the ones who would maintain the temple, because they were priests. Yet when Yahweh called him, his first response was, I am not able. And to notice this, to see that you can be in church and still not believe that you're able to work for God. That you can know the words of the Lord. You can be at every service. And you can even be doing some things. But when the Lord speaks to you to go forth. You say I, I'm not able. I can't do it. But when we're here we should. We should receive confidence through the word. Through the encouragement of one another. So. So. You are able to do whatever God is calling you to. Not just spiritually, but in every life situation because we are more than just church. We are spouse and parent and worker, co-worker. We have so many aspects of our lives and God wants to be the center of each of those aspects of our lives. Not just, I, I'm I'm putting God first on Sunday or I'm putting God first on Wednesdays. God wants to be first in your marriage. God wants to be first when you're the boss at work. God wants to be first in everything that you do. So we see in this situation a few points that perhaps we can understand. Number one, your excuses are invalid. Simple as that. Jeremiah's reason for refusal was that he was too young to preach to the nation. Some commentators believe that he was no more than 25 at the time of his calling. So, he's young and he's saying, Lord, I'm, I'm too young. I can't do this. But again... The Lord did not wait. There was a sense of urgency in this chapter. It's time, Jeremiah. It's time. If I've called you now, it's because it's time. Yes, that is young. But with that youth came the energy that was necessary for a 20-plus year career. With that youth came a resilience needed for being constantly opposed and later on imprisoned and sent away. If God had waited until he was 65, then perhaps he would not have had the strength and the energy to preach as long as he did and as strongly and powerfully as he did. There is value in the place that you find yourself in you may say "Oh, i'm too old for this with age should come wisdom and life experience you may say oh i'm i'm uneducated i don't know what i'm doing well with that should come openness to study openness to receiving the lord's instructions Oh, I'm too nervous, I couldn't possibly. Well, perhaps with that comes a trust in the Lord for strength. And and not relying on ourselves, but, but putting our faith in Christ. The second thing we see is that we need to let the Lord replace your words with His. What words have you been using on yourself? You don't say, I'm not this, or I'm not that, or I can't because of this or that. Yahweh touched Jeremiah's lips and said, I'm putting my words in your mouth. He replaced those words of negativity. He replaced those words of doubt. He replaced those words of excuse with words of power and of anointing and of prophecy. Do the things that you say about yourself, your calling, your ability, reflect what God says about you? Are they reflective of what the Word says about you? When you begin to say, oh, I can't because. Now, again, I'm not saying that we should not be self-aware. Okay, I'm not going to say I'm the greatest artist that ever lived because I know good and well I'm not. That is not my forte, but that's okay because some of y'all out there are great artists. Okay? There are things that I cannot do. And normally I'm a, if at first you don't succeed, try something else kind of person. So, I, you know, if I, if I try, and I, that's my motto, and if I try and I'm not really good at it, yeah, that may not be for me. But again, with self awareness, are the things you're saying about yourself reflective of what God says you are and can be? not saying i'm i can't possibly do this or i'll never be good enough to do this or i'll never be smart enough to do this because those aren't the words that god says about us he says you're more than a conqueror he says that if he's for you there's no one who can be against you god says that you're the head and not the tail god says that you're above and not beneath so if you're saying these things, God says that you are fearfully and wonderfully made. If those are the kinds of things that you're saying about yourself, then yes, go forth with confidence and self-awareness. But if you are constantly being negative and constantly putting yourself down and always saying, I can't because, then maybe we need to ask the Lord to replace our words with His because you know what? And this is various aspects of life. You know what? You can. Whatever you're saying you can't do, you can. You can lose weight. Because there are some people who say, I'll never be, I'll just be, I'll never be able to. I'll never be able to. I'm always going to be unhealthy. I'm always going to be. You can. You can get that promotion oh no one's ever gonna see how hard I'm working I just it's I'm always gonna be here no you can you can be a better parent well I never saw it done right so I can't I can't do it any better nope you can you can accomplish your goals I just don't know how I don't have enough time and I don't know how to accomplish this and I don't know you can have a successful marriage oh well we've been like that for 50 years and I just it's just gonna be the way it is. We, we don't get along and we won't. But you can. When you begin to get a touch from the Lord, when He reaches down and touches in the circumstance that you're in, changes your words and changes your mindset, then yes, you, you can. The third thing we see is that the Lord can accelerate your growth. The Lord could have sent a vision of any plant to Jeremiah. There are so many different types of plants that could have been symbolic of different types of things. He could have shown him an olive branch, you know, that, that there would be peace one day in the, in the land. He could have shown him an oak tree, stay planted and you'll grow up tall and strong. But he chose to show an almond tree The wakeful tree. The tree that blooms out of season. Because the enemy may have tried to convince you that your time is up. You've waited too long. You can't start that ministry now. You can't start trying to to be better at that now. You've waited too long. You, You can't try this now because, ah, it's just... You know, Jesus is coming soon. You don't have any time to to get any of that started. But the Lord is able to make you bloom out of season. You thought it was too late for that relationship to be mended. You thought that those kids were too far gone. You gave up on that dream of learning something new or starting over. But the Lord wants you to look to the almond tree. Sprouting in January... Bringing forth fruit by March. The Lord wants us to understand that he can accelerate our growth. If you say yes to him, he can redeem that time. And he will not rest until it's done. He said, I'm going to stay awake to watch over this. I, I'm going I'm to keep watch. That what I've said will come to pass. If my words have said it, they are going to happen. I'm going to stay awake. It will be done. So that may be your excuse. Lord, I've wasted my time. But see, the Lord made time. And he exists outside of time. So time doesn't mean the same thing to him that it means to us. So the Lord takes whatever time we have left and He makes it more than we can imagine it to be. The fourth thing that we see is that success is measured God's way. Lord, help us. Jeremiah was told to gird up his loins and preach God's message to the people of Judah. He told them to repent. He kept saying to them, repent. If you repent, then maybe God will change his mind and we won't be invaded. Repent. You've been you've been serving other gods. You've been doing wrong. You've been building idols and you don't even care. Repent. See, Judah was was where jerusalem was they had the temple they had the true place of worship but instead of worshiping yahweh they were worshiping other gods they were building other altars to foreign gods and he kept saying repent 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 god is telling us that if we don't repent then then he's going to send enemy nations and they're going to overtake us and then they're going to take us into exile repent repent That was what God called him to do, to tear down, to to break apart all these different things that God called Jeremiah to say and to do, but the people didn't repent during Jeremiah's lifetime. He spent a 20-plus year ministry saying, repent, 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 and the people didn't repent. His message of hope, we see in, in Jeremiah 29 and 11. You don't have to turn there, but y'all know it. He said, For I know the plans that I have for you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace, not of evil, to bring you hope and a future. He was Jeremiah was saying this to a nation that he had been saying, You're going to go into exile if you don't get your life right. But yet God spoke to him to tell the people, I know that I, I know the plans that I have about you. You're going to have peace, and I'm going to give you an expected end. I'm going to turn things around for you. But that was never realized during the life of Jeremiah. Jeremiah prophesied, the Lord spoke to him to prophesy that the exile would be 70 years, that at the end of 70 years, the people would be allowed to come back into the land. So the thing was, Jeremiah could understand that unless he was a 100 years old, unless he lived to be a 100 or more, he would never see the redemption that he had preached about. But he was made strong, like a fortified city because of his obedience. Your success will not be measured by the results. But by your obedience and your faithfulness. That's the requirement of God. The Lord does not require that we force people to repent because it may not happen. But if we're preaching, if we're called to preach, if that's the word that God has put into our mouth. Our responsibility is faithfulness. Because there's a lie that the enemy loves to speak. You must be a failure because you never saw the results. Nothing has changed. Things may have even gotten worse. You thought that's what God wanted you to do. You thought God wanted you to restore that relationship with that person. You thought that God wanted you to to try for this promotion you thought that god wanted you to do this or that or this you thought that god wanted you to speak that word you thought god wanted you to to be a giver and pay that bill for somebody you thought that that's what god wanted you to do but nothing has changed but are you faithful have you obeyed the voice of the lord and the big things and the small things because again when we stand before the Lord that's what he's going to ask were you faithful because that's success again it it looks different we think within ministry within church work success is 15 campuses and a thousand people at each but are we faithful you know, we we think that success in business is getting the to be the boss and making the big money. But sometimes, when you get there, you realize you you haven't been faithful to the Lord. You haven't been faithful to your calling as a as a spouse. You haven't been faithful to your calling as a parent. You haven't been faithful to your calling as a friend because you've stepped on so many people to get where you're going. And when you stand before God, He'll say, "What were you?" I was successful by the world standards, but were you faithful? Because that's the measure that God has for success. The Lord said to Jeremiah, they will attack you. I am not going to promise you that everything's going to go smoothly and that the entire nation of Israel will repent. It will not happen. You will be attacked, not by enemy nations. You will be attacked by those around you. But I'm going to make you strong. So what is Yahweh calling each of us to? Drawing near to him in prayer and devotion. That's a calling. Setting aside time for him to make him first. That's a calling. Being kinder, more generous, more merciful. Again, if we cannot be a good person, it's going to be hard for us to do good things for those around us. Maybe the Lord's calling you to mercy. Giving of your time, talent, and treasure to the needy around you. That's a calling. Becoming a more attentive spouse, a more involved parent, a more available friend. Those are callings that God calls us to, that we have to be faithful to. Often when we think of calling, we associate it with this grand design. But your calling reaches every aspect of your life from before you were born. You were called and appointed. God thought about you. God had a plan and a purpose for you. When I'm five years old, I'm not the CEO of a company. I'm needing to be the best kid I can be. When I'm 95 and I'm retired then that work is done, but am I being the best Christian that I can be? That's my calling. And all these other aspects of life stem from that. So when you are responding to the call of God, remember, your excuses are invalid. You must allow God to replace your words with His. The Lord is able to accelerate your growth and success is measured God's way. As the music plays, I just want the Lord to take the the negativity out of our mouths. I want Him to replace it with self-awareness and trust. To believe that if God called us to it, we are able to do it by His strength. I want us to I want us to be able to receive the truth about what God says about us. So as we pray today as we pray today you you know where you are in this process. If you're you're crushing it, you're listening to the voice of the Lord and you're saying yes to everything that he's saying, that's great. Pray for those of us who have a hard time. But we come before the Lord surrendering our negativity, and asking him to replace it. Heavenly Father, we thank you. We thank you that each and every person here, each and every person watching is called to something. We thank you that each of us are called in every aspect of our lives to be the best friend that we can be, to be the best worker, to be the best boss, that we're called to be the best parent, be the best spouse that we can be, not to compare ourselves to anyone else, but God, to measure up to what your word says we can be. Father, each of us are called to a purpose within the church. Each of us are called to use our giftings, to use our abilities, whether it is that we're young, whether it is that we're old and wise, God, whether we're bold and want to speak out, whether we're loving and we want to encourage people. God, whatever it is that we're gifted to, God, I ask you today that you would show up. For those of us who are having a hard time believing the truth of what your word says about us. That we are called and chosen. That we are fearfully and wonderfully made. That we are the head and not the tail. That we are above and not beneath. God, I pray that your word would sink deep into each heart. That we would no longer say, I cannot. But we can say, I can, through Christ, do all things. Heavenly Father, I just pray that you would eliminate all our excuses today. Whatever you're calling us to, that today would be the day we choose to say yes. Father God, I pray that you would replace the words of negativity, those those words of discouragement that we put into our own minds and hearts. Those things, the lies that the enemy has said about us, in Jesus' name, we cast down those lies. In Jesus' name, bring them down. In Jesus' name, bring deliverance today to every person who cannot see how great they are just to be made by you. Heavenly Father, we just ask. That you would accelerate our growth. We understand that the time is getting closer and closer. That you are coming so soon, but that shouldn't cause fear within our hearts because we understand that you can redeem the time. That if the excuse we're making is, God, I wasted too much time, that you would reassure each heart that you can do great things in just a little bit of time. Heavenly Father, we ask you now that you would help us to understand that our success cannot be measured, will not be measured by the world's standards, But that when we stand before you, you're going to ask, what did you do with what you were given? that you are the only one we have to answer to. That I don't have to defend myself against the success of everybody around me. I don't have to compare myself to other people to see if my success measures up. But God, that when I stand before you, that I'll hear you say, well done, good and faithful servant that whatever that means to you is what's most important. Heavenly Father, we ask for deliverance in each heart and life of every person who is here tonight, today, and everyone who is watching online. God, we just pray a tearing down of excuses, a tearing down of negativity. That our words would be your words. Oh, right. oh, Lord, we thank you. God, we thank you for all that you're doing in us. We thank you for all that you're doing in us. We pray that you would make us like an almond tree to bud in January, to bring forth fruit in March. Bring it to pass according to your will. Heavenly Father, we say over your people right now, may Yahweh bless you. May he keep you, make his face to shine on you. May he be gracious to you day after day after day. And may he give you his peace in Jesus' precious name.